Welcome to the Evernorth Podcast, where we bring on the explorers, dreamers, and discoverers to find out what their true north is in life. Hope you're all having a great day and enjoy the show. Today on the show, we have creative consultant, entrepreneur, and student at the University of St. Thomas, Cole Hennon. Welcome to the Evernorth Podcast. Hello. Excited to be here. Yes, glad you could come on. So for a title, a creative consultant, I would 100% agree with you. Can you ex- please explain what a creative consultant means and how you respectively earned that title? Yeah, so I have been doing kind of online businessy type things since, gosh, I was like 10 years old. And then it's like kind of evolved since then. And what I've been doing kind of for the last few years, probably the last five years, um, is this thing that I would call creative consulting. And I never really had a term for it until recently. And I also didn't really know how to describe exactly what I did because I remember, you know, five years ago when I started it, I was just, I called myself a designer because that's what I was doing. I was just doing graphic design. And I think that's kind of just my introduction into this world um, is that was a passion of mine and I wanted to uh, monetize it. And it it just evolved over five years where um, it would, my skill set diversified. I learned things outside of just things that were visually appealing and I learned a lot about the marketing side of things and analytics and sales and I was just you know so over the last couple years I've been struggling to find um, what is that balance and what does that look like Mm -hmm. and a term that really uh, stuck with me was uh, the title of a creative director and what those uh, I guess that job title, what it refers to is somebody who manages marketing campaigns, but integrates the visual side of things with um, design and art. So like that side and merges it with marketing uh, and analytics and sales. So I really, really gravitated towards that term. And I think going into the future, that is something I, um, I would like to evolve into. I think a creative director is a, is a role where you really have to earn it. Uh, you can't just, you know, self-proclaim it. And I think a lot of people do, uh, which, I mean, isn't necessarily a bad thing because, you know, whatever you focus on, like the law of attraction, it's just like, you know, um, you kind of become whatever you... Whatever you like envision. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Become. So I don't think there's necessarily a problem with um, self-proclaiming it even before you necessarily are doing that on a daily basis and for clients. But in terms of creative consultant, I feel like right now I'm in this process of transitioning from a company that is primarily training based. So I sell online educational courses for online personal brands. And um, so it's very training based. There's coaching in it as well. And I'm more transitioning into wanting to be this director for brands um, on a much more one-on-one basis. And so I feel like creative consultant is just that happy medium between being an online educator and then transitioning into a career where um, I'll be the creative director for brands. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now. I I appreciate the extensive uh, description. Um, But because you you said that you originally like started an online business when Mm -hmm. you were like 10. Yeah. What... What was that online business? Yeah, so I was a really antsy child and I didn't like, I don't know, I didn't find like my regular, I was never into video games. I was never into kind of like, I don't know, I just got bored of everything that everyone else was doing my age. It was just so <laughs> weird. Um, and I also wanted to make money. I, I 
I didn't like not being independent. Even at 10 years old, it was really weird for me. I wanted to go buy things that, you know, um, I don't know, just like extra things. So I really, like I did my research and I was like, okay, what can a 10 year old do? Cause you know, there's a lot of like laws around stuff and the, the, even most things that you can make money on with in law, you can make money with online. You have to be like 13, like even those freelancing websites where, mm-hmm. which like I, can't, yeah, I mean, I would end up disobeying those anyways later on, but like at 10 years old, I was still a little bit freaked out. Um, and so I came up with the idea to start an online blog and I chose the niche of doing a Minnesota Vikings blog <laughs> and I started it. I did, I put on, I, I remember I, like a month in, I put on Google AdSense, I created an account, I like lied about 10 my, years old? yeah, wow. I had a Google AdSense account at 10 years old and I said I was 18 and I set it all up and told my parents, I'm like, look what I created today. <laughs> and they didn't really know that much about it. So it was kind of funny because, you know, I have this website with AdSense on it and yeah. then I did, I did that for four years. So I was really consistent with that. That's, I think, the longest I've ever done, like, a single thing before. Were you having to keep up on Minnesota Vikings, like, yeah. news constantly? Yeah, so it was like, yeah. So, I mean, a 10-year-old really doesn't know that much about, like, giving opinions on a professional sports team. Yeah. And so I look back at it now, and it was crazy cringy. But, um, and it, it wasn't even, they weren't even real articles. I mean, it was really like a couple paragraphs of something that I was finding in the news and then talking about. Uh, so it was, it was very, um, an odd thing to probably consume, but I was doing all t- sorts of things. I wanted to learn SEO and I wanted to learn d- design. And back then it was really, back then, and back, gosh, this was like 2010, it was really popular to go comment on other blogs and then drop a link to your own thing, which is mm. the most spammy thing <laughs> in the entire world. But That was a great, that was a great article. You check out my article. Yeah, yeah. And there would be this uh, website where you could add in a guest post. And what I would do, um, and gosh, this is so embarrassing now to think about, but I would, I would the, the blog post that I published on my own website, I would publish on their guest posting thing and then drop a link. And mm. I got so much hate for it in the comments. <laughs> oh, gosh, people in the... Because like here's the thing though, is I was ten or eleven years old when this was happening, so my grammar was terrible. But I, I wasn't admitting that I was ten or eleven years old. So they saw this person, just this, they, who I would assume maybe they would think is an adult, writing these really bad quality things, and then also kind of being really spammy by dropping a link back to my website. And then yeah, so it was. I mean, it was a learning experience. And I think like you know, honestly, you can't really judge yourself for like things yeah. you did like as you were learning. So you did that for three years? Four years. So I did Four that until years. I was 14 years old. And there was like a couple of things that I, like what, the biggest takeaway from that was networking and also learning to put myself out mm. there. I was actually able to interview like a couple different Vikings players. Oh, wow. So yeah, Chris Cluey, I interviewed twice, Eric Frampton, Brian Robinson, um, Robinson, I think is the right pronunciation of that last mm-hmm. name. And then like two others. So, I mean, it was, and like, here's the thing is I was literally 11 and 12 years old when I was doing this. And so I was getting on the phone with them, not telling them my age. And then they'd get on the phone with me and they'd hear like a little kid talking on the other end, which was so funny. But did did they ever ask you about your age? None of them ever asked me for my age. And then I told one, one time and they just paused for the longest time. So I was like, okay, never doing that again. And they never, nobody ever asked about it. It was so weird. And Chris Cluey never asked about it. And I got a second interview with him. It was just the weirdest thing to look back on. Because at the time, I didn't realize that it wasn't normal. Yeah. And I mean, these these people are like 35-year-old adults, some of them. So Was it... So during the interviews, like, what did you talk about? How were you even able to get Vikings players on for, like, an interview? 
Yeah, and I mean, the thing though is, is the thing that, the way that I was able to do it is still the exact same thing that I do today, and it shocks me the amount of like, that it still works, but even on a greater level, is I would literally just tweet them, asking them if they wanted to talk on a phone call and do an interview for my blog, and that was it. And I, I would get like, probably over 50% success rate of them tweeting me back and saying, yeah. And I mean, I do the exact same thing with Instagram DM, where I'll just DM random people that are so out of reach what it feels like, but it's like crazy. If you like, for like Instagram, if you like give somebody some sort of positive feedback on something they're doing, especially a lot of artists and creatives, mm-hmm. um, people who have worked with, you know, some of the most famous people in the world will respond to your DMs, which is absolutely wild to me. Yeah. Um, and just being able to network through that. And uh, yeah, so it's just, I think just putting yourself out there into situations or even just like messaging people cold, um, you know, if it, like if they don't respond, it most likely is because they never saw it. Yeah, that's true. So I mean, it's like you're not like hurting your ego because they just never saw it. I mean, might as well just like take the chance too. Because yeah, most and, people like will see it. And well, yeah, they'll make a conscious but, decision like if they're they, gonna respond or not. And if they see it and they don't respond, they're not gonna remember you. Like if you end up meeting them later, mm-hmm. and so. I mean, here's the thing with that though is I'm not sitting there and cold DMing people or cold tweeting people or cold emailing people all day. It's like people who I genuinely want to have a relationship with because I find them really inspiring or I admire them creatively. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of weird because I, I don't know. It's like I think that because there's that genuine like desire to know them. I feel, I don't know, I, I'm someone who I kind of believe in woo-woo things where I think they can feel that on the other end. Mm-hmm. Even if it, if, even if you say the exact same thing in your message as somebody else, I think they can feel that on the other end. If it feels, and it's like so weird because like logically it doesn't really make sense, but like... No, I, I, I completely like understand what you mean because it's the same way that I like to operate the podcast. It's like there's so many people out there on LinkedIn and everything that I could just message and they have like a network and I just get on and like talk to them. Yeah. But it's it's the people that I generally would like want to connect with and get to know more because I feel like those don't like this podcast is an opportunity for like others to share information that they know. Yeah. Really just like provide value to other people. Yeah. So hmm. that's that's good. Um, do your family and friends understand what you do for a living? And do you, do you even bother to explain? My parents have a pretty good understanding right now of what I do and my, like my inner family, just because I talk about it so much. Um, I would say extended family literally has no idea what I do. Like they honestly, because (laughs) I'll like kind of be talking about what I'm doing. And then, I mean, this goes with a lot of things as people kind of like repeat it back to you and like, as they infer it and they'll be like, so you're doing this X, Y, Z. I'm like, no and so that it gets really kind of difficult at that point but i mean anybody who um is in the creative field or owns a brand i feel like has a very good idea of what i do like i have a couple friends that own uh companies and who hire people like me and they just they get it right away um yeah but it's a really weird experience especially if you have friends that um are not businessy or don't like who have never been like exposed to this world of online business or even um real business like physical like brick and mortar stores um just people who are you know going into careers where they're going to go into corporate america or you know something else uh they really really don't understand and they also don't understand what would qualify someone to do that like i remember being asked in high school and i never told anybody about my business in high school i just kind of kept it 
to myself, but like people would find it because they would Google my name and I, you know, mm. I, I share my name through everything I do. Yeah. Um, and then they would see it and they'd see a website. And I mean, I, at this point, I was a couple years in uh, to what I was doing and I had, you know, a product suite and I had different consulting offers. Mm. So it wasn't like this just super like, like random thing online. It was very, there was, it was, there was a lot of clarity over what I was kind of mm. doing. Like I knew what I was doing at that point a little bit. Yeah. It wasn't just random. Yeah. Like they could maybe understand from other people. Yeah. And so well, what happened was they, they found it and they saw this very, um, clear business. It wasn't, you know, a YouTube channel. It wasn't, um, like there was just like they I think they could tell that I had clarity over what I was doing, but they would get so confused because they were like, well, what qualifies you to do that? Mm. And that was a question that like at the time I was just like, well, what do you mean? Like, like it's if if you're I don't know, that was always such a like a weird question because it was like, well, I, I did actions and it was in. And I think the best answer to that would be like, you know, I, I took actions and I took small baby steps and then it evolved into what it was. But they. They had no idea because I mean they knew me through that entire period of um, growing that business and you know me you know doing it, uh, but I never told them I was doing it. So they they've known me for this little couple years span, but they've never heard of this before. And all of a sudden, like there was this huge part of my it was a huge part of my life. But yeah, that's yeah. just a weird thing when you have an online business and you have friends that aren't in online business. Yeah, that, that's crazy. Why did you feel like you had to keep that a secret to them? Um, it just wasn't something that ever came up. And I also, I just, I honestly don't know. I just like mm -hmm. to keep things separate. Like if it was like high school, which I mean, high school is very like a weird time. And I just like to keep things separate. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't know. It's just a weird thing. And I didn't want that. I didn't want topics of conversation to be around that, you know? Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I mean, would, would they ever ask you what you do for work then? Because you're probably just running your business. It was kind of funny work. because um, people would ask where I work, and I'm like, oh, I don't work anywhere. And so <laughs> people would just never ask any further, and they would just infer that I just didn't work at all, even though like I was at home from as soon as I got home till midnight, working every single night. Mm -hmm. and it was just kind of funny because yeah, like they they because no, they would just infer like, oh, you don't you don't work, and I, I don't know. I, I never felt the need to like explain myself. I don't yeah. Know. Okay. Especially people in high school. I mean, other people I do, but like. Not back then. Still not really now in college. So have you kept your same uh, like consulting business from high school all the way to now? Yes. And it's going through like a major of evolution, I feel like, over the last six months because I have clarity over a new direction and kind of who I want to work with. Uh, I feel like I spent... Because I started what I'm doing right now. I would say that started in 2015. Uh, and... So now we're in, you know, 2020, so five years. And it started out where I was working with people in the internet marketing space, mostly personal brands. And I would say the majority of people were online bloggers or authors or just some sort of content creators online that wanted to sell digital educational products as well. And so that was just kind of what where I was at. And it evolved over the course of the first three and a half, four years into almost being 100% online consultants that were from, and it was just kind of a weird evolution, but, um, and I don't necessarily know how it happened, but I just, I found out the evolution happened when I was doing a lot of market research of who was in my audience, but they were mostly consultants coming from the corporate world that didn't really understand internet marketing mm. and they wanted to sell their expertise. And so that's what it evolved into. And that's still something I'm very focused on right now. 
uh, and I see so much potential in that. But I'm also seeing this other vision that's coming to fruition where I'm working with personal brands, but going so much, I feel like there's so much more potential than just selling an expertise. Um, something that I, you know, in, I say that because I'm really, really inspired by people like, you know, it, it, like really, really big personal brands. So like when you think like Kim Kardashian and what she has done with her personal brand and how she's created companies around that. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily like what celebrities used to do where it was like, endorsements or just a product around their name but it's like a real company outside of just who they are but they're they're fueling it it's like the, their personal brands of fuel for the fire uh and also i mean you look at kanye west and what he's done with yeezy very much i mean driven by a personal brand um and i think that can also be seen and i that can be seen in the beauty industry and i think that that industry is something that's ahead of everything else in terms of like you walk into a store and every single, almost every single like brand that has a lot of shelf space has some sort of personal brand driving that company. Uh, so that's just something that I find really interesting and I see a lot of potential in that business model. And I feel like I'm already kind of having a, like there's a stepping stone where I've been working on this one business and it's very much focused on personal brands and selling through that. And it's now like transitioning into Okay, what's that next step mm -hmm. or what's that evolution of where I could fit into that and where I think I could help? So, I mean, it's right now it's a little bit of a mess, but I'm in the 2020 is kind of a year of, I think, figuring out what that is. Yeah, you'll definitely see more brands now like Chipotle and David Dobrik doing a yeah, collaboration yeah, 100%. for a brand because... Um, customers are able to identify more with like David, Do David Dobrik doing like an ad for Chipotle yes. than just Chipotle itself. Well, yeah, and I mean, even for people that are like really familiar with like David Dobrik, it's like the seat geek. I mean, that brand is literally like, they go hand in hand with David Dobrik. So it's, I think it's something that's like exploded in an influencer mm -hmm. um, kind of arena. But I mean, another uh, kind of a side tangent on that is in terms of like online influencers and stuff. I mean, if you look back 15 years, um, probably, yeah, like 10, 15 years, the influencers were like online bloggers and stuff. And then it kind of evolved into Instagram and YouTube. But back then, a lot of them were doing, you know, sponsorships, ads, uh, you know, endorsements for companies, which is very similar to what's happening on Instagram and YouTube. But all of the bloggers that I used to follow back 10, 15 years, not 15 years ago, I was too young to, but like 10 years ago, they all have products now, very mm -hmm. similar to, um, how you know celebrities are doing it where they're you know full-on product suites or brands and i think that all of these instagram sorry i'm like going ahead of myself but all these instagram um influencers are currently doing endorsements um you know advertisements and i think that over the next it's already happening a lot but over the mm -hmm. next couple years uh i think that's just they're all going to figure out that somebody else is making a lot more money off their audience than them and I think, you know, or I, I really do believe with all of my like being that they're all going to figure out that, you no, know, we should be all creating our own product suites and being the CEOs of our personal brands uh, mm -hmm. rather than just being these content creators. And I think there's going to be, well, there, again, there already is. I mean, I'm not trying to say yeah. I'm like predicting something. It'd be like Peter McKinnon coming out with like a videography course mm -hmm. something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, those are the 
people that were have been doing it for the longest and I think a lot of these other newer platforms are going to experience that same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting to think about and mm-hmm. you know, look at. So, so one thing uh, within your business is you have a Pinterest account. Yeah. <laughs> and I just checked before this podcast and you had 237.9 thousand monthly views on Pinterest, sharing tips for creative entrepreneurs on how did you get started on this platform and acquire crazy growth like that? Oh gosh. Um, that's something that's such a weird thing because it's like something I still haven't figured out. There's people that have built like million dollar businesses off of Pinterest through figuring out how to actually translate their audience into website traffic and then into leads and then into sales. And for me, I'm still definitely trying to figure that out, uh, which again, is that I feel like evolution of my personal brand. But in terms of like where that started, it's such a, again, it's such a weird thing because it's so random. I feel like, um, Pinterest, yes, for yeah, sure. <laughs> it is, but it's, 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 super super powerful i mean there's people again going there are hundreds of thousands of views on their websites directly from pinterest but in terms of where that started i started a couple years ago without very much intention behind it and i was just posting reposting content that i myself just wanted to save for later but i also had it somewhat optimized mm-hmm. so i mean you can read any google um just Google any blog post on like setting up a Pinterest profile. You, uh, I just got it somewhat optimized and then I was posting things that I, you know, was going to reference later. And that's kind of how it started. It was very internet marketing focused and it just grew naturally to probably about 10,000 monthly viewers over the course of like a year or two. And it was just like, again, super unintentional. And I think that's honestly not that hard to get to 10,000 monthly viewers. It, it's, you know, you just need, you know, 10 pins getting ranked. And it's, it's very, and I think I, I guess if to give anything like strategic and tactical that you can apply, like Pinterest is 100% a search engine. It's not a social media network. It's literally Google, but visual. And so you have to also play the game like it is an SEO network. And again, I guess going back to something that's like, you can actually implement an actionable advice for like a Pinterest account, it's figuring out how to rank and that is like once you figure that out and you figure out what the keywords are and how to optimize your profile. And I learned that through, I actually took an online course. It's called Pinfinite Growth mm. uh, by Melissa Griffin. Um, and that's kind of how I learned the SEO part of it. And that was in January of 2019. I had 10,000 monthly viewers. And then within like a month of implementing her training, which I'm not affiliated with, I've asked, <laughs> I've honestly asked, like, my code. I'm like, yeah, can I be an affiliate for this? And they're yeah. like, we don't have affiliates. And I'm like, <laughs> But I would like promote this every single day then. Yeah. But I honestly, I'd fi- have to figure out how to actually monetize my own thing. Otherwise, it's kind of <laughs> acting out of it, like not being very full of integrity. But um, so, yeah. So within a couple months, I was at 40,000 and it's just grown from there. And right now, it's honestly just promoting a bunch of other people. <laughs> and other people, I mean, there's other people who have benefited massively from that account of designers that I've reposted because right now mm. it's it's very much like creative direction and design heavy content that I repost on there. The goal, and this is the goal of any Pinterest account, is to get it to the point where it's 100% your content. And so I feel really confident right now in it because I built it where Pinterest really likes me and they'll immediately push out my pins to mm. um, feeds. And so now when I start to um, promote my own content, 
like I think I promoted my first ever like pin, which was a logo design I created like two years ago. Um, and that was like the, my own content that I posted on there. And it was like 30,000 monthly views now for that. Um, which is like exposure and it's credibility. Uh, but yeah, I feel like it's something that I'm still figuring out and there's a lot of potential there. I know, but yeah, it's, 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 it's an enigma. It's hard. It's very mysterious and hard to understand. So is the most of the stuff that you post on Pinterest, is that kind of like pin from other people or is it stuff that you create? Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's transitioning, but it's, mostly stuff from other people that really inspire me and I'll post that for later. Again, the, the objective is it of it is for it to be all of your own content once you have enough, but you need to be pinning. I mean, in order to get an account that has 250,000 monthly viewers, you need to be posting at least like five times a day. Mm. How many posts, how many times do you post a day? So some days I don't do any, but most <laughs> days I try to do anywhere from six to 12. Wow. But it's also not that hard because you're literally just pinning content. Like yeah, it's not necessarily like, like, oh, I like not, that. Yeah, I like and that, it's, and it's, that. it's really, f and another thing, I guess, another aspect of that growth is really niching down and not looking at anything else that was working and just being like, what would I, like when I'm on a, like looking at something, what would make me like, kind of like, like what would inspire me creatively? Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of the point of that for me. Um, and I guess just being super transparent with my vision for that account, it is figuring out how to make that again, all my own content that directly links back to my website. And then somehow people enter a sales funnel to um, somehow work with me. But I, I really do think that's um, going to be focused on the creative direction aspect uh, or part of my career rather than this educational internet marketing type area that I'm that I've been working in yeah uh, what's your number one tip you have for creative entrepreneurs mm, can we get a little bit more specific yes so like creative um, entrepreneurs what kind creative entrepreneurs let's say that um, in your role so kind of like as a creative consultant maybe mm. they're trying to like provide um, kind of like creative advice to mm. other individuals maybe businesses um, I know you've kind of like done that through the work that we've done together um, I guess, like, what advice would you have for someone trying to maybe become a creative consultant? Okay. Um, I would say, I guess I have a couple. I would say the first one's going to be action creates clarity because, and that kind of stems from the fact that you need to be super, super clear on your vision. And I mean, this goes into anything where it's like consulting or even online education. You have to be super clear on your vision, super clear on your audience that you want to develop. I mean, I'm not saying that you have to have an audience, but yet, you have to build one, but, um, you don't have like, you need to become super clear on all of that. Mm -hmm. And that is so, it's so hard to move forward when you do feel like you don't have a clear direction and you feel kind of lost and, um, like you don't necessarily know how to do content marketing or where to find your potential customers and clients. And that's something that's super nerve wracking and stressful. But what I found is literally just taking any action, even if I know it's the wrong action, it somehow evolves into me being really clear on what I want to do next. Because I, I spend, you know, I spent a decent amount of last year being really confused on how my online courses fit into uh, a career where I was wanting to become, you know, this creative director. And I was, I, I just, it didn't see how any of the puzzle pieces fit together. Uh, and I spent, you know, quite a few months just being like, I don't really know what to do with this course business. Although if I'm being completely honest, the course business has the potential for the most revenue. Like if I want like mm. complete financial freedom, 
I need to be selling products and online courses are just where, where I, you know, see myself doing that. I, I've looked at other avenues, whether it be like having a site with like digital downloads and stuff. I don't necessarily want to sell that. I mean, I'm not passionate about that, but um, I, gosh, I kind of forgot where I was going with that no, one. But, just, okay, yeah. actually <laughs> creates clarity. But um, what I noticed is that if I just move forward with something, whether it was creating um, the outline for what I think is the next evolution of one of my online courses, all of a sudden it got my we the wheels turning inside my head and I was able to see different connections that I like, I can't see connections when I'm standing there looking at everything, but I can see it when I'm in it a little bit more, which is, I mean, a lot of people say you have to be working on your business and not in it, which, I mean, I think that is, if, if you apply that to this, it's a little bit out of context uh, because working on your business for me, like, I was working on, I guess that's just kind of a weird phrase that I kind of just came to my mind, but um, yeah, like it's crazy. Just in every single avenue of my career, it was like action creates clarity, even if it's, you know, if you know it's the wrong action, because mm -hmm. you'll you'll start to see connections. Yeah, if, if if you fail, I mean, you can also just look at that as like a lesson. Yeah, too. and I mean, I've failed so many times and it's like my perspective around that was crucial to whatever was coming next. I remember I've had evolutions of like the same training program and I had one of them where it was like a brand new, it was a brand new course and this was, gosh, I think it was like 2016. It was a brand new course. Uh, I had never tested the offer before and it like completely bombed. Nobody bought it. I mean, like we had a couple sales for it, but it was really defeating because I was like, okay, I have to go back to the drawing board because this is what I thought I was going to, you know, continue selling as my main product and yeah you kind of have like a vision for like the future with that product. yeah I had like a complete and vision of my yeah, company or like you know how I was planning on building my brand in that space and it's just nobody wanted it <laughs> and but like because of that happening I was able to evolve into something that was so much better and it's like, I had to take that experience and apply it because I mean, it's crazy because even the, th the things that I teach now and the things I consult on inside of my programs and one-on-one -on -one work, it's like every single thing that I'm like really hammering home that drive that I've seen drive results is like, those are based on failures where I'm like, I didn't do this. And I remember there was like maybe the first time that I did this strategy which like a strategy that I teach is like this like process for doing surveys specifically for building a course curriculum or a consulting offer. Um, kind of one of those two things are kind of like pretty much the same thing. But um, and I had done it, but I didn't like the first time I did that back in, when I was like 15 years old, I didn't even realize I was doing it. And then I didn't do it. And then I realized, wow, like if I, if I reflect on this failure, um, I can see like, okay, with the missing pieces and then the pieces that worked before, and then I was able to kind of reverse engineer that and figure out, you know, okay, well, now I have something that I can train on and teach, mm -hmm. and now I can help people avoid those mistakes, which I feel like when you're doing anything with coaching and consulting or courses, helping people avoid mistakes is just as powerful as giving like tips or strategies, because uh, that's going to create so much acceleration for them in their own businesses, but yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I kind of, I kind of did some research. I went through like your current funnel of what I think it, what I think oh, it is. So please correct me if it's wrong. Um, 
So what you're doing is you're mainly sending traffic from Pinterest to like a free workbook creation kit mm -hmm. that will guide others through the steps of planning out their free workbook offer, how it fits into their business and how to market it effectively. Mm -hmm. Then after they download that, you offer the 16 step script for content upgrades and pre-launch lead magnets, mm -hmm. which is a limited time offer where you teach the 16 step script through a 32 minute workshop take people through the script and teach them how to implement each segment into their own workbooks and PDF offers. Yeah. So it's that. And then also the workbook workshop that is a complete step-by-step -step system for helping online bloggers, coaches, coaches, and course creators learn how to use Adobe InDesign for their business. How did you develop this specific flow in your business and how long did it take you to build it? It took if me that was correct. Yeah, it, yeah, that was correct. yeah okay. that's that's correct in its current form. And that took me four years to build. Four years. Wow. <laughs> I, mean, um, <laughs> I just read that. that. The first product was Workbook Workshop, and I launched that in 2015 to an audience. I had an email list of 100 people, and I just got really, really lucky. And I did. I mean, the the, the way that I launched that program is still things that I'm trying to reverse engineer now and be able to use it to scale. But 26 out of the 100 people bought it. And so I was like, okay, like that was literally, I did not even know that that was like good at the time. And so then obviously like me, I'm just like, you know, well, let's create the next product yeah. and completely um, get rid of this one. And then I launched something again. And that one was also kind of like lucky at the time too. But I, at, the, at the time I was doing things that I didn't even realize I was doing very much like intense market research mm -hmm. and audience, um, like I was really getting to know them. And then I would like launch the next one and then that one failed. And so then I kind of, you know, went back to the original thing that just converted amazing. And I was like, okay, why though? And, um, so it, it's four years in the making and it evolved, it just continued to evolve and it still is. I mean, that entire funnel is about to go away. Oh. Um, yeah. And better, better join it before it goes away. <laughs> yeah. So, well, it's, it's becoming so much better, but, um, yeah, so that's the funnel and the reason that so kind of my synopsis of what that is is that I feel like if you're an online content creator or a coach or you sell online co courses, uh, the biggest struggle that many of them face is building an audience and figuring out how to build it at scale. I see a lot of people posting on YouTube or posting on their blog and they aren't like systems are probably the most powerful things out of a business, especially systems that can scale without you needing mm. to be in them. And what I was noticing is that a lot of people don't have that. And that's a problem that I'm like, okay, cause I'm looking at that right now. And I think that this kind of sales funnel that I built, it's like, it's the workbook creation kit, which shows you how to create a marketable asset. And I think that in terms of online marketing and, Again, the space that we're talking about right now, it's digital downloads are one of the most powerful things that you can use to grow that audience because they're low barrier for your audience and for you. So it's super easy for you to create. You can create one in a day. Webinars take, I mean, a couple weeks usually mm -hmm. um, to create one that's like really well thought out. Um, with a digital download, you can create one in literally a day. It doesn't, it needs to have a quick win. It doesn't need to be like super intense in terms of like what's the script, although inside of my 
script that I have there, which is going away, but um, <laughs> it, I kind of lay out how to introduce your free PDF offer. So it might be a cheat sheet, a guide, um, something of that sort, how to introduce it, how to give a quick win that positions you as an authority. And then we also inside of those PDFs, uh, pitch a signature offer. So it's literally inside mm -hmm. of a workbook, almost like a mini webinar, but in a PDF form. Uh, and so that's kind of the funnel and it's, it's the workbook creation kit, which is a free download, kind of shows you a little bit of how to create that marketable asset. And then we have a $20 workshop that's how to create the content for that. And then the workbook workshop program, which is really kind of an intense, um, you know, step-by-step -step process for launching that marketable asset. Mm -hmm. And so the next phase of that, and I, get, I have actually a question for you, yeah, is for, for my next iteration of that, I want to like refine that so there's only one program and we're gonna i'm doubling the price of it and then adding on another element which is going even more in depth into the marketing campaign component of that marketable asset but what are your thoughts on getting rid of a one-time offer because like right now the, right, right now yeah. yes right now you download the free download and then it redirects you to a limited time offer that's mm -hmm. only available for a half hour it's low ticket um it's pretty much, yeah, tripwire that, you know, the goal of it is to help subsidize the ad spend so that, that with those ads are more profitable. One of the things that I was finding is that I'm trying to max like, out the, uh, the customer value, like for that time period, essentially. Yeah. 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 So ads. one of the things that I'm like finding is I'm like, are people downloading this? And I mean, this is also maybe something about what is the right offer for a tripwire? But I feel like are people thinking that this is the extent of what they need to know in order to get the results? And then when they don't get those results, do they think it's because of that? Because it's like, that's one piece of like a system that is so um, nuanced that I'm almost like, I feel like in order to provide the transformation that I, I could be doing, I feel like they need to know the entire thing um, the entire so you wouldn't process. Want, yeah, you wouldn't want to give them the one-time offer right away, is what you're saying? Well, I want to I want to get rid of the one-time offer because that's also a component of the course of the workbook workshop course. So it's like it's weird because it's like should your should your little products be like like little pieces of your online like bigger course because it's weird because it's like online education is much more different than like physical products and e-commerce. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's such a weird yeah. thing. But I mean, like, I mean, a lot of other people online with courses are doing these tripwires. I just, I don't love it. I don't know. You don't like it? Um, one thing that honestly would maybe be beneficial is to just like test it. Yeah. So like if, yeah. It's, if it's actually working right now, then just like keep it. But maybe just take a week off and see how it performs and just like compare the different data from yeah. that. Well, I mean, overall, I do need to increase um, my value per lead. Like that's something I've been kind of focusing on because I've been able to, like my ads, when I am running them, which I kind of do like, um, where it's like six week sprints before a big promotion where I do it. Uh, but what I'm noticing is like, my ads are profitable within the first, like in terms of like return on ad spend, I'm, I'm breaking even like maybe like two months in and then, then I'm making a profit, but like, I want to accelerate that because I don't want to be like, it's so hard to scale when you have to, when you don't want to take on debt and you also like, mm -hmm. 
I don't know. It's kind of weird because I. So what I want to do is I want to like literally double my um, value per lead within the first uh, two weeks, which is when we run our first evergreen campaign to the audience, or when we were we've turned it. I've turned it off. Um, and so I would love to double that because I feel like then it's like literally ads are just fire. Like they're just like fuel. And I feel like it goes like it's just like at, I feel like at the point where you can figure out the value per lead and then the cost per lead. And you know that you can just like, you know, like where it's just like we have healthy margins. <laughs> it's just however, like once you establish yeah, like, like the return on ad spend, then it's just. Yeah, like where right now it's like ad spend is like it's a good piece part of the growth, but it's like, it's not fuel yet. It's not like literally pouring gasoline mm. on a fire, which yeah. like some businesses it is <laughs> when you have those healthy margins, but it's like, yeah. it's figuring that out and trying to figure out that sales funnel. It's like, mm. so right now the, the workbook workshop program sells for 800 and I'm like looking at doubling the size of the program so that it covers uh, a larger piece of a business versus just like, Cause right now it's very focused on design and content, but I feel like if I um, show people what that, how it fits into a larger picture, it is a lot more transformative to that type of business. And I feel like, you know, so that's my little thing on that, but it's going to go from 400 and I have other little products on the side. So it's like, that's the sales funnel right now, but I'm getting rid of all those so that the one thing is going to be now a $999 course. Or, yeah, nine hundred ninety nine dollars, mm -hmm. and then, then the sale. That's like the first piece of the sales funnel, and then really building a premium product suite where it's that, and then it goes into one on one coaching. So it's it, I'm testing it. Um, there's businesses that work with both, so it's like one of those things where you just need to kind of find like what I think yeah, works for your specific thing, which is like yeah. the, th the really hard thing about an education business is they're all so nuanced, and it literally all depends on your audience and like who they are. Mm -hmm. No, 100% agree. Like if, if you were coming out with a new product, I would just spend time testing it, but also learning from like others, other funnels. Because yeah. I've, I've been a part of different like webinars that will try to sell you into like their $997 course. Yeah. And I mean, it's, you can like feel like your urge and curiosity like spike through that. Yeah. Through like what they put you through. But knowing what I know, I just, I just come there for the experience really yeah. at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, just testing and checking out other people's, I think would, it could yeah, help a there was a point where I was just like, all I wanted to do is spend my money on those courses and I'm like, they're so expensive, but there's so much fun when you buy yeah. them. It's like, this like exhilarating rush. Like, like I just spent a thousand dollars. Yeah. Like some people spend it on like Gucci belts. And I'm like, I just bought an online educational course. That's going to teach me Pinterest. Yeah. I have a question for you. If you were to describe yourself in one word, what would that word be and why? Enigma. 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 So I, I, that's actually a new word for me. And it's something that like, I feel like not a lot of people really know what it means just because it's not like a super common word. Yeah. I, but, to be honest, I don't know. What that so means, it's so. <laughs> like pretty much someone who's like kind of like impossible to like really fully understand or like mm. just someone who's like kind of mysterious. So there's a lot of people that like kind of just describe themselves as, and I feel like maybe that's like, Kind of, it sounds really pretentious when I think about it. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm just, I'm kind of always been like an oddball, even though I, I feel like for the most part, I like, like I can fit in sometimes, but yeah. like for the most part, I mean, a lot of the times I'm just this kind of like oddball out, um, but like I'm fine in social situations, but at the same time, it's like, I can't relate to anybody really. Um, and it's just super, it's, it's just a weird, you know, um, 
a weird time. But so, I actually got that word from Lady Gaga. She, she, okay. That's how she <laughs> describes herself. And I'm like, wow, like, I never thought I'd be relating to Lady Gaga. But, you know, yeah. and, and that was through what she did. Um, an interview. I don't remember who it was with, but she like that's she is one of the coolest people to listen to interviews from. Like I think there's stuff that she does for the general public, and I'm, you know, that's coolest too. But I don't really subscribe to that. But when you listen to some of her interviews where she goes, real, like I've never seen an interview with somebody go that deep into personal topics and life and stuff. But yeah, so I got that word from her. So sweet. Um, I have a question from Antonio, and that's Antonio. what's your end game? What's my end game? Oh gosh, <laughs> Antonio. Um, what's my end game? Um, I, you know, again, I don't really even understand myself that well, and I'm always trying to figure that out too. I feel like every single six months, I feel like the way that I perceive myself and you know things that I like, things that I don't, um, changes so much. Like just that relationship with me. And so you're, you're also. Is it 19 or 20? I'm, I turned 20 turned in November. 20? Oh, nice. Yeah, so um, I feel like... <laughs> so don't worry, you don't have to like no, have it figured out now, but... No, but I, mean, I, I often... The way that I kind of figure myself out is I look at like my own actions mm -hmm. and I look at... So in terms of like that question, because that's a question that I do ask myself a lot. and like, you know, where is this going? Um, I mean, I have like... If I'm being like really like a realist, it's like I have these like dream clients that I want to work with. Like if I'm just talking about just career stuff, um, these dream clients I want to work with where at the end of the day, like whatever I'm doing in my work, it's like 100% about the people. And then because like that's where I like kind of the term creative consultant because I can be very broad because I do feel like um, the thing that I bring to the table is that I do think about things pretty differently and especially like like right now it's very much visual marketing and stuff like that. And I, I love to be in that world, but I feel like I, like even the, the Clifton strengths finder, like a, mm. my number one strength is being futuristic. Okay. And I feel like it's like, I, I, it, I'm constantly like living in a world where like it's the vision of the future. Like I'm walking through Minneapolis and it's like, everything is like not even like, I'm not walking through Minneapolis in 2020 I'm walking through Minneapolis in 2050. Yeah. You've yeah, seen, you've seen yeah, potential. Yeah. It, yeah. Potential like in everything. And I see the same thing in like people and I see the same thing in brands and um, you know, even walking through neighborhoods, like I'm like in the North loop right now. And I like, I'm like literally seeing, <laughs> like I see this entire like things that aren't even there. And so that's like a, just a very like I guess big piece of like everything that I do is like it needs to have something to do with um, really creating the future that I see and I feel like that's just something that like I, again I don't really know but like over the last few months I feel like that's something that I, I've realized it's a little bit unique to me mm -hmm. um, again I, I get worried about sounding pretentious because I'm like well like everybody has that same like not same but like everybody has that to some extent but I just feel like that's something I'm like obsessive over um, and I've also seen this correlation between like the things that light me up the projects are they always have to do with a personal brand which we've talked about a lot today um, but it always has to do with personal brands because I, I just I think that um, in the right hands, those people can have so much positive influence and people trust personal brands so much right now. Um, I think that if you want to have, um, I'm trying to think of the right word, 
like if you want to have something that you can use, like a tool that you can use to really impact the world and create the change you want to see, that's done through building a personal brand and building an audience. And I mean, even if like, this is another thing that I just, that like it would be cool to touch on, but like even if you're in a corporate job right now or you, you are, whatever you're doing right now career-wise, you don't see that as what you're going to be doing, you know, with a personal brand or with an audience you're like why well, you know i work a desk job at you know corporate america you know something in that and you're like why why would i build an audience it's like that audience isn't subscribing to necessarily what you have to say right now they're subscribing to you and your message which everybody has i mean like you can always have a message even if that isn't necessarily like related to what you know your income um trying to like create my thoughts a little bit here but um yeah so it's a it's a message that could either be using like the future so like i'm just like building an audience it doesn't have to be used now but whatever you may be doing in the future can be like like, very beneficial and, and you can pivot at any time and what i've noticed is that like your audience will pivot with you where if like right now like i'm even like something that really inspires me is like personal development and mindset and I'm like well like what if I like just completely changed what I was teaching I'm like well I built this audience and like what would happen I'm like well they this like that same con like if I change the direction of like my content and my brand that audience is for the most part there for me and that's something that I've also kind of realized through taking action and engaging with them and talking with them about things and that's where it goes back to like action creates clarity is because like i remember being super lost on like well what if i do want to change directions like do i need to figure that out right now because if i'm building an audience like and i know that i'm going to pivot at some point later to something else which i don't know what it is um i felt like paralyzed because i didn't want to continue to grow an audience but at the same time it's like these people are going to grow with you and i think that's like something that again i always try to relate it to different industries but something in music it's like a lot of artists that are successful for a really long time evolve with their audience where you know people that were creating music for people in their preteens, you know 15 years ago need to be creating like they evolve with their audience and now they're creating music for young adults mm-hmm. and adults and uh, i think that the same thing kind of applies to what I'm trying to do mm-hmm. is that I can evolve with these people. Yeah. No. And I guess, oh, back yeah, to yeah, the end yeah. game. It's <laughs> like, so I look, I look at those correlations. Gosh, long story. Um, I look at those correlations to try and kind of figure out where I want to go. And I think my end game, like things that really light me up, working with personal brands, um, really, really trying to impact, like trying to build that future that I see. And so I'm trying to figure out the correlation between that. Um, but more specifically when I'm working with people, it's like, I'm trying to, I think overall with what I'm doing right now, but it's going to evolve. I know it will. It's like, because right now I'm working with personal brands, like I want to help others kind of realize their highest potential. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm really focused on right now. Uh, Just because I feel like sometimes like I I see things and I'm like, okay, let's, uh, let's make this happen. And sometimes I see things that other people um, want to achieve and I'm like okay let's make this happen let's create a plan um, but yeah it's, it's a really hard question because like, I don't really necessarily know what the end game is it's like yeah. it's it's the people and then I'll figure it out once I have those people mm-hmm. I feel like yeah being a futuristic and being able to like take action steps to get there is very um, 
It's, it's almost like, isn't it the opposite? Um, because mainly futuristics, they can be very good at like cultivating ideas, but they're not as good at being like uh, oh, yeah. action takers, 100%. I think. Yeah, yeah. So I like the... I can like create a plan, but like if you ask me to like go into the trenches with you, it's like <laughs> it's a little bit harder. <laughs> it's a little bit harder to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, sweet. And then to finish off the podcast, I'm going to ask four questions. And the first one is, uh, what would you define as your true north in life? I think it goes back to helping others realize their full potential. Yeah. And I think that'll evolve into things maybe beyond people. We'll see. So, yeah. Uh, if you could go camping for a week with three people, alive or dead, who would they be and why? Uh, my friend Paul, because I feel like we'd get a lot of work done. Paul <laughs> Weaver. Um, and somebody who I, yeah. I mean, also, I need someone to relate to out in the woods and stuff. And I feel like we're kind of... Similar in the fact that let's do it. Probably not survivalist. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah, and then my friend Isabel because I I feel like we get along really well, and she's another entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's do let's let's add in Lady Gaga in there. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I Lady feel like that'd Gaga. be a really interesting that'd be a really interesting yeah. trip. Nice. Uh, if you could explore one place in the entire world, where would you go, and why would you go there? Um. Lower East Side in New York, because I think it's like super, it's just super my style. And I feel mm-hmm. like um, super artistic, um, r- like a, just a really creative area. And it's also kind of gritty, uh, which I like. And there's also spots in there that are really high end and elegant. But it's like, oh gosh, there's so much contrast in that area. And I feel like that's, yeah, that that place. Yeah, that might be the most specific question, like answer. Oh, really? Uh, like you said, the, what would you say? Lower, lower east side lower of Manhattan. Side of Manhattan. Yeah. Like, that's pretty specific, specific yeah. for sure. Um, and then if you were to leave your last message, piece of advice right now, what would that be? Oh, goodness. Hmm. I'm going to think, okay, let's see. I would say that what you focus on becomes a reality in your life. Like a hundred percent. And I think that's like something that is like been the most profound thing that I've realized in the last, you know, 12 months. It's like, you know, I can get caught up in this like cycle of like self doubt and stuff, but it's like, if you just like start focusing on something and really become, you know, hyper focused on a vision, it's wild. And I honestly think there's a lot of like literal magic that gets involved in that process of like, it just starts to come to fruition. Mm -hmm. Even like, I guess not like we're at the closing, but I'm going to go on a little tangent. It's like, I'll like focus on something. And I mean, you can look at like, stuff on like the law of attraction and people will create like processes for like manifesting things, which like, honestly, I, I think are really cool. And I think there's something to that. I don't know what it is, but like I'll focus on something and things that are completely out of my control will start to like happen in the physical world that I'm like, well, like, you know, somebody will email me that I'm like, wasn't expecting an email from them. And all of a sudden it's like this goal that I had is like really close now because mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's just focus. It's, yeah. I mean like focusing and even, when your mind's on different things, like your mm-hmm. goals and like, let's say that you're looking specifically for like, you just focusing on Tesla, you love Tesla, you want to test a car, you're going to see Tesla's 
more like yeah. what you go out and drive just because you're focused on them mm -hmm. just like keeping that clarity and focus on what like what you want just helps everything else like come into fruition yeah and there's honestly they were going back to like that there's something spiritual about it i some people roll their eyes but like <laughs> like if i was to focus on a tesla and i was just like oh well, i don't know how to for somehow somebody would send me like a tesla so just not not Never like know. being that dramatic <laughs> but like somehow like not that I don't know. It's just really weird how stuff like that works. Mm -hmm. And then Cole, how can people find you? Social media? Do you go to go to any events? Um, find me uh, at colehennen.com, C-O-L-E-H-E-N-N-E-N.com. And anything I'm doing is going to be on there. You can subscribe to my email list. Um, if you go to the footer of the website, you can look at all my training programs. Um, yeah, so everything, Sweet. that's like the hub for everything. Sweet. Cole, it's been a pleasure. Thank it's you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes, share it with friends and family, and you can find us at ever underscore north on Instagram and Twitter and evernorthco on Facebook.